Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Joining me today is Sangeeta Gowda. Sangeeta is an actress, writer and director. She was born in the UK but has spent most of her life in Australia. She is the co-founder of Noah Films, that is New Order Art House Films, an independent film company that is championing the cause of diversity and representation in Australia. Since 2019, several of her films have won awards both locally and internationally, and they have also played at some of the most well-known indie film festivals all over the world. Sangeeta is also the co-founder and editor of Diversity Australia magazine. Now, this again is a digital media outlet that specializes in telling ethnic stories from the Australian society. Considering what I'm trying to do with this podcast, it's a natural overlap of interest to sit down with Sangeeta and share a conversation about what it means to be Australian in the 21st century. With an ever-growing multicultural population, Australia is fast becoming one of the most diverse countries in the world. And in that vein, it is becoming increasingly important to ensure that when we grow, we all grow together. All nationalities, all ethnicities, all cultures, all together. Sangeeta is trying to play her part in this effort by highlighting such portions of our society and I truly admire the work that she is doing. Uh she and I also talk about the film and acting industry in Australia at present and its current position uh with regards to representation and accessibility for ethnic artists. As always, I thank all of you guys for your support. If you are new to the podcast, kindly consider subscribing. If you are already subscribed, kindly leave us a comment and a like down below. Uh your engagement with my videos actually helps this channel grow. Uh please also check out all of our social media accounts over here uh, all of our short form content all of the highlights from this conversation as well as all of my past conversations are going to be up there so do check that out um but anyways without further ado this is my conversation with Sangeeta Gowda in the gap Any, any any new projects coming up? Yeah, um well Red Lantern. Um yep. yeah, because uh that's we finished filming now, but um that's going through festivals and things now. So now it's all that side of yep. thing like entering it, trying to get articles for it, that yep. sort of thing. Yep. Um but no, it's really exciting and besides that I have also been working on a TV show pitch. Have you? Yeah, with my partner Marshall. What's um, that? I can't say too much. Okay. <laughs> but what's um, the premise? So basically it's based on our lives. Yeah. Um so it really delves into being a creative in Australia mm-hmm. of an ethnic background. Sure. Um and so it's comedy drama as well because nice. it's I mean a lot of the stories are very hard hitting and raw so we wanted to put the comedy into it mm. to make it more entertaining and sort of easier to watch as yeah, well. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Something like a something like a modern family perhaps? Yeah, kind of but a little more dark than that. I don't know if you've seen The Bear. I haven't seen the bit. Uh, oh, the 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 show about the chef. Yes. Yeah, I have. Yes, yes um, I, have. I would sort of compare it a bit to that because okay. they sort of they have these really dramatic moments that are really intense and like crazy. But there's but an element of humor in it. Yeah, there's an element of humor as well, but then they'll sort of cut to a uh, a scene that's so quiet and calm and honest. Mm. And I really like that balance that they have yeah. there and that's kind yeah. of what I'd try to aim for or something like um beef Have you seen B? No, I haven't seen B. I I, I I saw recommendations yeah. for it. That's yeah. Ali Wong, isn't it? Yes, and yes. Stephen Yuen. Yeah. Very good show. Is it? It's excellent. Yeah. What, what's the premise there? So, um basically two people get into a road rage incident. Yeah. One is from like a very wealthy family, which is Ali. Yeah. And then Stephen is from the opposite spectrum. Okay. So he's very like from a poor family poor really family. struggling. Yeah. And basically they get into this road rage incident and they get Throughout the series they try to one up yeah. each other like they're trying to get back at each oh, other okay. constantly. Yeah, okay. And it gets worse and worse and worse oh, every okay. episode. This one. Yeah. I, I might actually check that. That's on Netflix, I believe. Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll check it out. Yeah. I'll check it out. Right. So, um first off, Sangeeta, I uh again, pardon my ignorance. How do I pronounce your last name? <laughs> it, I I had a few versions of it. Is it Gouda? Is it Gouda? Is it So, the way we say is Gouda. Gouda. But I believe the proper pronunciation is a you would have to ask my dad. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. I believe it's more like Gouda. Gouda. So it's kind of it's not Gouda. Yeah. But it's not Gouda. Yeah. It's like an in between. Gouda. Gouda. Uh, because I have to record yeah. an intro at the yeah. end. Of the, how do I introduce <laughs> you? <laughs> so I think it's Gouda. Gouda. 
yeah yoda okay i'll go yeah. i'll go with that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right so uh, obviously lots to unpack in the conversation right there are multitudes of things that we have to discuss but um, i always tend to start from the start because yeah. i need i i try to get a good footing of where a person is coming from you know what yeah, their definitely. what their background is so that gives a lot that contextualizes everything that they're doing in life right yeah so maybe just start us off with the, the who who sangeeta is uh, coming up in australia as an ethnic kid uh, tell us something about that yeah um yeah so well i was born in london so okay. that's where my parents actually met yep so they came here when i was 2 and then i grew up in brisbane for most of my life sure um in north brisbane um and yeah that was I always say I'm a Queenslander even though I've been here for like 7 years now. Sure. sure. <laughs> um cuz yeah, I grew up there for most of my life and I was born into a mixed race family. Sure. So my dad is South Indian, my mum is British Australian. Um and I have four siblings. Okay. So it was a very big family, very chaotic. I'm the middle child. Oh, wow. So yeah, I kind of have that. Yeah. Like I'm the quietest <laughs> of like the family. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was it was interesting growing up because in primary school I went to a very diverse primary school. So there was a lot of different cultures. Race was never anything. Yep. You were just a kid. Yep. I'm a kid. Sure. Um uh, but then I went to high school and that was quite a different story. So my primary school was a public school nearby. Um my high school was a private school and it was mostly Caucasian. Okay. So it was a very different experience and that's sort of where I started to realize that I was different. Yep. And culture came into it, you know, a bit of casual racism. Mm. Um And yeah, and that's where I sort of began to have more identity issues, I guess, because mm. in my family everyone's there's no issues there because yeah, you, it's just your family, but it's always especially as a mixed person the issues never come from your family, they come from outside. Yeah, of course. And the way others view you. Yep. So I can see myself as something, which is what I am, mm. but then I was faced with all these different sort of assumptions about me and like different comments and things and I sort of faced a lot of struggle yeah. when it came to high school. Yeah, I I feel like growing up you, like yourself in a mixed family, right? Um I think it's not until we get a little uh, towards our preteens that we actually start realizing yeah. You know, the, the the ethnicity of it because growing up our parents tend to usually shield us from a lot of that exactly. any, anyway. And when you're growing up, kids don't they don't j- think about it. Kids, yeah. kids don't see race anyway. Yeah, no, they don't. They, they don't yeah. think about it. So what was that point for you? Was that when you went to you, to that high school is that when you realized that that okay there is a difference there? Yeah, yeah, I think it was definitely high school because there was just so much less races cuz mm. primary school like I said was so diverse. Like yep. all my friends were different cultures. Yep. But then high school like there was like 300 kids in my grade mm. but only 30 of us were ethnic. Okay. And of those 30 kids we were all mixed race. Sure. Pretty much. Sure. So, and then in my friend group, I was the only ethnic person. Ethnic person, yeah. And like, it was a great school. Like, I actually that's where I learned. I got my passion for film because they had a lot of great classes. But yeah, the identity thing was there. Like, I would often see as well some of the fully ethnic kids in other groups. Mm. I would observe them allowing themselves to be the butt of the joke sometimes, yeah. just to fit in. Okay. And yep. and so I'd see instances like that and. I was also not a very vocal kid in high school, so if someone was to sort of no one really was outwardly racist to me, it was more like comments and things, yep. but if someone was to say something, I wouldn't really say anything back because mm. I was kind of quiet. I mean, now I would. <laughs> <laughs> no way you'd say that, but um yeah. back then it was it was just sort of navigating who am I? What's my identity? That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I I believe around that time like when you would been in high school i think the the talks around diversity and ethnicity weren't really that loud at the time no and and something i've noticed too is that where i live especially right now there's a lot of mixed race families yep. i see people with my mix with little kids mm-hmm. all the time it's so common sure but back then it was, I was the only one, one. <laughs> it's yeah. like didn't exist mm. i mean ethnicity representation didn't exist and so if that conversation itself doesn't exist where does the mixed race conversation fit yeah. in because even that's still an issue now yes, that i find for sure yeah for sure, for sure. so um in terms of like your family life uh, what was it like growing up in a mixed household like like is it um like you guys celebrate christmas and diwali together yeah. or or something <laughs> like that um so very chaotic, very chaotic. Uh, a lot of arguments is it was <laughs> yeah. it um but i think it was just cuz there was so many different personalities in the house and we all are a bit um 
we've all got very strong personalities. Okay. So my father, when we were growing up, mm. was also Christian. Okay. So when he met my mother, he converted, because she's a Christian, he converted to being a Christian. Sure. And so we celebrated Christmas and mm. went to church and things yep. like that. Um, but as I went into high school, I think my dad, he kind of wanted to um, convert back to Hinduism mm. personally. Sure. Um, so the rest of us were all Christian, but... It was in through high school that he sort of started being more open with his culture and things like that. Like, he's always been very, very proud. Like, yep. all Bollywood movies all the time. Sure. Like, I had favourite Bollywood movies as a kid. Yeah. And, like, yeah. we ate Indian food every okay. single day. Okay. Like, <laughs> so I feel like there was quite a good balance between the two cultures growing mm. up. And mm. so it's – I'm really thankful for that because I feel like now I, I've always – I'd say I've always actually had – an appreciation of both cultures. Mm. It's never been one more than the other. And yeah. I've never wanted to be one more than the other. Yep. I've always only wanted to be seen as both. Yes. Yeah. And I think that is more important because like you said, like towards your high school time, your father started appreciating his culture a lot more. I guess that is also around the time when those conversations start coming yeah. back up, that culture and your background is something that you need to celebrate rather than... Yeah. Because you see this all the time, like especially with um, with people with Asian heritage, they, they tend to change their names mm. or they tend to change, you know, their their, uh, their identity based on just, to, just for the ability to fit in, yeah. uh, just to have an upper leg you know, in terms of jobs and stuff. Yeah. But now the conversation has kind of turned around and now people are celebrating their identity yeah. more, more often. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think as well, it really helps being in an environment that's got a lot of cultures because mm. my high school, like I said, was very Caucasian. And mm. because of that, the Indian side of me was pointed out a lot. Yep. And because I was trying to figure out who I was, I kind of got annoyed by that. And mm. I also didn't have a very close connection to my dad at yes. that point. Yes. So in many ways... I didn't want to push it away, but I mm. wanted to prove I'm also this. Yeah. I'm not just that. I'm also yep. this. Yep. But it, when I got to Sydney was when I really started to truly find my identity because mm. there's so many cultures here. Yep. And uh, I was surprised, like, even the Caucasian people here are not mm. just one thing, <laughs> different yep. things as well. Sure. Um, and so I think the environment definitely helps as well. Sure. Have you guys ever been back to India for a visit? Yes, so when I was 11, my auntie had her wedding. Okay. And so we all went as a family to India. Sure. And that was like massive culture shock, you know. <laughs> I felt very white <laughs> when <laughs> I went there. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, it was a very overwhelming but a very good experience. Because mm. I also, because all my Indian family don't live here mm. as well. So getting to go there and meet my grandparents and my auntie and all of them was a really good experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I and I think I mean you were only eleven, but that would have exposed I think a side of your heritage to you that okay, the, like this is what I've known my entire life, but then this is also a huge chunk of, you know, where I come from or like 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 where your father comes from. Yeah. And and yeah. that now you would realize that especially in the art scene, that would have a huge impact on what you create. Yes. L like definitely. does the, do do you feel that, that your your heritage or your culture has any kind of impact on on the way you create art yeah definitely I think having these two cultures coming together is what really makes my work different mm. I guess because I, I I'm I have grown up in two different cultures and yep. I'm able to intertwine them in a way and I think that's also why to me representation that includes every kind of different race is mm. so important in my work yep. so you know I see a lot of groups that are representing different cultures, but it's like one culture. Mm. It's not sort of everyone. And yep. I know that's like a big goal to say, oh, let's include everyone. But yep. I feel like in a way, I'm kind of like a poster child in a way of the two cultures coming together. Yeah. So for me, it's so important. And, and my parents always raised me to respect people regardless of what background they are. Mm. And so definitely in my work, it's important to be featuring people of all different races and backgrounds. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, um, okay, so tell me, once you once you graduated high school, right, um, how did that interest in going for the arts uh, come about? Were, were you always interested in art or uh, was so it something you picked up? I always, I realised I always was interested in it from mm. a young age, but I never saw it as a serious thing yeah, okay. until high school. So they had film classes in my high school mm. and that's when I really learned about film actually before I even did acting properly. Yep, yep. 
and I just gained an appreciation of it. And I think also my dad did have a lot to play with that because he loves films, yeah. like always watching movies. Like his kind of films are not the same as the ones I like. He loves action and like yeah. things like that. Um, and predominantly Bollywood? I, he's very into South Indian cinema oh, okay. now. Yeah, he's yeah. a very, very yeah. proud South yeah. Indian. Bollywood. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's um, from the state of Karnataka. Karnataka. So um, there's a lot of like Kannada kind of films coming out now mm, mm. um but yeah it's always been into films he actually wanted to be an actor when really? he was a child interesting <laughs> yes and he that's tells me about i think that's really fascinating yeah. um but yeah i sort of learned a lot about film in high school and then i just realized i guess also because high school was a very challenging time for me mentally mm. and it was film that sort of got me out of that sure and made me feel okay what I really like to do mm. and I'd like to do it as a career sure. and so that has kind of been my mission okay. and and in grade 11 was when I started to do drama okay for the first time and being really shy yeah the first time I did a scene I felt the opposite yes like I was like why do I feel so confident on the stage, on stage and yeah. and I got a really good mark and I was like okay yeah. <laughs> I think this is it then yeah yeah. Um, I have a theory on that, right? So yeah. I, I have a little bit of an overlap. I'm a middle child as well. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like always the attention seeker constantly. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've also like loved being on stage all through high school, through primary school, uh, even during university and everything. Like even now I try to keep that thespian side of me mm. alive to some yeah. extent, whatever I can. Even this, like this is just a way of acting out that, yeah. that itch, you know, yeah. just to scratch that itch. Um, what I've found is that when when you're a middle child, right, you have a lot of identity crisis in itself, irrespective of what your ethnicity is, yeah. because you're always trying to find your own place between the siblings, right? Yeah. You're not the eldest <laughs> one. You're not the youngest yeah. one. You're yeah. somewhere in between. And um, being on stage kind of provides, it more than anything, I'd say it's escapism mm. for me for me personally like yeah. to have the ability to just get up on stage and for those 15 20 minutes when you're up on stage you have absolute license to do anything you want exactly and you have yeah. absolute license to express yourself any way that you want you can literally step into the shoes of a completely different person and express yourself that way and that for me has always been very intoxicating about the stage yeah, yeah. um okay so high school and um, so then you decide that you want to pursue film Yes, or film acting, or acting as acting a, a, as a career. Yeah. What What did your parents have to say about that? Because acting <laughs> is not the yeah. bo safest bet. But no, it's you know, not. <laughs> th th you say they usually you usually get to hear stuff like you know you you'll never be able to hold down a stable job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what What are you going to do with yeah. yourself? We're always going to be worried about you. Yeah. Why can't you just be a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> well, interestingly enough, so my parents, yeah. my they were both very supportive. Okay. So the thing about my parents, they had their own differences and things growing up. But the one thing that was like the same for them mm. was teaching us that we could achieve anything and to always dream big, very, very big. Sure. So me wanting to do acting was not weird for them. Okay. And, and if you know the rest of my siblings as well, you'll know they all sort of went on similar paths like uh, they're, they're all creatives yeah yeah i'm um, creatives or industries that are hard like fashion okay so my older sisters in fashion wow um okay. but yeah always we were we'd grown up with that mindset aim big very big and don't settle like always go for that mm. so they were very supportive um it was more my mum's side of the family so her mum that yeah, was yeah, yeah. like that y your grandma <laughs> yeah so my grandma um so they, yeah, <laughs> I was, the thing about what she was so frustrated about with yep. me was that yep. I was very good at English and yep. I was very good at writing and sure. literature, that yep. sort of thing. Yep. So she thought I would go into something like that yeah. after high school. And I said, no, I'm going to go study acting in Sydney. Yep. And she was just very disappointed. <laughs> um, but the way I kind of pitched it to her was that, cause it was going to be a one year acting course. I said, look, this is basically a gap year. Mm. So just treat it like a gap year yep. and after that I'll do the serious thing. Yeah. And she was like, okay. okay. And that, <laughs> that, that didn't happen. That, that's it. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, and um, so yeah, my parents are really supportive. The only thing was like after I was in college, yep. my dad was kind of, 
Indian dad a bit like, uh, have you made any money yet? Uh, like <laughs> yeah. that yeah. that's always sort of been the pressure. He's been supportive always, mm-hmm. but it's always been how come you're not in a big movie yet? Like, because that's how it works, you know. You just got acting college and get to a big movie. <laughs> it reminds me of that scene from from Family Guy. The the, the the Asian guy he comes into the door. You doctor yet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talk to me when you're doctor. <laughs> yeah, so right. it's very much been like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, this journey has taken me longer than I thought it would, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, which also has its struggles. How long has so. it been? So. I would say, so straight after high school, I did a two-year acting course. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, it's been about six, six years, years, I think, six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think when you want to do acting, you set goals for yourself and you're like, you know, by 20, I'm going to be doing this. Sure. 25, I'm going to be doing that. Sure. But it doesn't always happen that way. <laughs> yeah. So um, after high school, you, you came and you came to Sydney, right? For yes, your, for, yes. for, your, for your acting degree. So my dad did get a job here anyway. So okay. he, we, the family was already going to be moving. Okay, that's convenient. Which was, yeah, really convenient. Um, but yeah, I definitely wanted to do acting. So mm. it was perfect. Okay. Yeah. And um, so just uh, like for me, uh, as somebody who has absolutely no idea of how the industry operates in Sydney or in Australia, yeah. like give me, give me just a primer of how is the industry set up? What like... How does somebody coming from Brisbane, like yourself, mm-hmm. wanting to be an actor, yeah. how does somebody go about doing that? Yeah, so there's like, there's no one way to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, a lot of people will be like, yeah, go to acting school and then you get an agent and then you do some extra gigs and you kind of work your way up Yeah. like that. Yeah. But there's so many different avenues. Some people don't go to acting school and they just look for independent film productions to get experience. Mm. Um, but a lot of the industry is about you know and being recognized I guess so the more people know your name the more inclined you'll be yep. to get into things so it can yep. be a bit political yeah, at times sure. as well yeah, yeah. And, and that politicalness I suppose is where the gatekeeping comes in yes it doesn't it um, yeah. I, I had this like this occurred during the conversation with Almitra as well mm-hmm. she said that there, there is a lot of talk in the industry about inclusiveness and diversity and you know giving giving having a fair go for yeah. everyone yeah. but in reality, when you get down to it, it's not, it, it's it's not being practiced in spirit, as much yeah. so that those are just words being thrown around. Yeah. What What do you think about that? Yeah, um, I do agree. Like from the way the industry is now compared to when I started mm-hmm. in college is very different. Like it's a lot more, there's a lot more opportunities now compared mm-hmm. to back then. There yep. was like nothing. Yep. Um, but even so, I do agree that now it's. This word diversity has become like a quota. Like yeah. it's become like a trend. Yeah. So, you know, the studios and thing productions know, oh, we've got to have diversity. Mm. So let me find somebody I can tick the box. And yeah. we've got it. And then in doing that, it's not really doing what we want, which is opportunity. Yep. I think that's the biggest thing that sure. we want opportunity to audition for something from a different race and be able to have that opportunity. Um, But now it's like, oh, I want an Indian person. I want an African person in this. Yeah. Who's African? Just throw them in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that kind of trivializes the person that you're trying to cast, right? Because because even within Indians, Mm. North Indians are very different to South Indians. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're not the same exactly, people. Yeah. We're not the same people. Yeah. You go to somebody from like my neck of the woods, like in Pakistan, right? Mm. Like people in the north, the Pathans, the Pashtun people, like they're completely different to people like from, I come from the south of Pakistan. We're yeah. completely different, yes. right? So yeah. you can't trivialize all South Asians or all Africans, yeah. for example, yeah. into into one box. Even even just saying just African or Indian. Africa is like, not a country. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not great, no. Mm. And, like, it definitely has improved, mm. but I think um, in saying that, it is, like we said, it's very surface level, and it's like, who are the people making the decisions? Mm. Who are the people writing the roles? Because sure. you can have a uh, South Indian character, but who wrote that character? Yep. Is it going to be authentic as mm. well? Mm. The words on the paper have to come from somebody who has yeah. a, 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 at least some kind of notion of what it means to be. South Asian, for example. Like, you can't just have a token South Asian person in your your cast. It has to be authentic. Yeah. And um, again, this was part of the conversation with Almitra as well, that that why can't we have shows or movies or productions that have ethnic people in them, but 
the storyline or the plot has nothing to do with their ethnicity yeah you know like yeah. why can't we just have a rom-com or um mm. or even like a crime drama a thriller or something that just happens to have ethnic people in it yeah exactly yeah, yeah that's definitely the goal and uh, i don't know if you know about heartbreak high no i don't so that came out on netflix recently from australia okay australian production and they did that Okay. It was the first show that they had a very diverse ethnic Australian cast mm. and their ethnicities weren't like their main feature. They were just yeah. people. They were just people. Yeah. Yeah, and I see that happening with a lot of now streaming shows as well. Like um, uh, even if you've seen Bridgerton. I love Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my missus loves yeah. Bridgerton as well. I like the soundtracks. Yeah, they're I, good. I, I, yeah, yeah. They're, they're really good. I, they're, like the covers, uh, yeah, I, 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 love really love, I really love those. Um, but yeah, with Bridgerton, especially with the last season, I believe they, they brought the south asian actress to yes. the forefront as well as the as the romantic uh, yeah. lead mm. in there so i thought that was a that was a step in the positive yeah. direction and yeah. the same thing like if you've seen sex education yes. the, the latest seasons right yeah. or throughout that entire season what i loved about it is that it's a high school setting but you've got all kinds of ethnicities in there and their ethnicities don't really matter yeah. in the scheme of the whole yeah. show yeah. So I I absolutely loved that about yeah. the show and and the thing about bridgerton which i really did love as well is they did showcase a South Indian family. Like they mm. were kind of specific about mm. the actors' backgrounds, I mm. guess. And mm. I was like, that's really nice to see. Like they yeah. actually did the research and stuff. Yes. And I think what also I liked about it was, yes, they were just a character. Their race didn't really matter. But at the same time, they did add little instances of the culture. Yes. Because sometimes I do find like, it's really this balance of like, you want a character that's not stereotyped, but you don't want to completely get rid of their heritage completely yes. yeah. because that is a part of you at the end of the day and so they really balance that really well mm. I think. and i i to be fair it is a tricky balance yeah it, it, is, it, it, it is a tricky balance yeah. like you you want to highlight that culture but you don't want to make it the forefront piece yes exactly yeah. yeah yeah so within the australian industry do you see things moving in the same kind of direction with with inclusivity and distinct uh, like uh, diversity yeah, I, I think it's getting there. I think streaming services are getting there much faster than network TV. Yep. Um, network TV is still very behind here, like things like Neighbours and things. Mm. But, I mean, in a way, I kind of understand it because who's their target audience, in a way? Exactly, yeah. I'm not watching. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah like, that, that's... Like, I feel like a lot of the younger generations, like ourselves, are kind of watching streaming services. Mm. And so they are getting there. And because streaming services are networks that kind of operate worldwide, like across America and UK, they kind of have different requirements mm. that they're introducing. Yep. So you can't really have an Australian show that's going to be on Netflix that's not diverse now. Yep. There's kind of things you have to include now. Yeah. With that, I also believe, like, like you said, first point is that the streaming services are doing that a lot faster because they're a lot more sensitive to the people's reception mm. and they have yeah. uh, they have the capability to adjust themselves much faster than network television they yeah. don't have to wait for the ratings as such mm. second point target audience obviously i've been in australia six years i have i do not think i've ever watched mainstream tv at all i do not yeah. i don't even know what what yeah. australian mainstream <laughs> tv is like yeah right yeah um i and like you said, it's a generational thing as well. Like the t target audience is just somebody who is used to used to it. Used, yeah. used to it. I guess they don't want to disrupt that because they. It's it's also an economics model, right? Because yeah. with mainstream TV, they they it's it's a way that they have to satisfy their audience in order to get the funding from the sponsors. Whereas that doesn't really apply to streaming services as yeah. such. Yeah. And another point would be that if there's an Australian show, right, on a, on, a, on a streaming service, it's most, if, if it hits off, it's probably going to be watched all over the world. Yes, exactly. So it has to have the capability to be relatable to, let's say if it has an Afro person in mm. the show, it has to have the ability to, to be relatable to a person watching it in some other part of the world, in yeah. the US as well, or the UK. So yeah. it, 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 the diversity is, has to be there. Mm. Um, okay, so, so you are now, past high school you you've moved to sydney with your family you you you've done your degree um so so once once you're done with acting school how like those 6 years mm. i i'm sure like you said that it do, did not go off to the best start or did not start off the way that yeah, you thought it not would the way that I thought yeah so right. so in that there would have been moments of demoralization mm. there would have been moments of imposter syndrome Definitely. there there would yeah. have been moments of what am i doing with my life mm. Yeah. Give, tell, tell me something about that. How, how did that go? Well, I think the 
the actually the representation thing was a very big part of my doubt mm. because, I mean, yeah, I sort of faced comments and things in high school, but when you get into the acting industry, all of your jobs, it's like imagine you have a CV for a, a job, any yeah. job, yeah. but the number one thing they're looking for is what you look like. So you're listing your ethnicity on the top of the resume and that's the number one thing yeah. that they're looking at. Yeah. And, and that's what was so hard for me is because as a mixed race person who doesn't really pass by those standards, mm. it was like, oh, you're an ethnic, you're an ethnic one. Okay. <laughs> so, so even my first, I, um, so I graduated my first year of acting school. Mm. I was awarded a best actor award for yep. my year, sure. for like my hard work and like my performance and things. Yep. I was like, oh, great, you know. And then I got my first agent meeting mm. and I was like, oh, going pretty good so far. Yeah, yeah, I get things into, are picking yeah, up. Yeah, I know. I get into the meeting and uh, this agent was a little blunt, I guess, but I mean, the, a lot of the industry is like that. Yep. Um, and she was like, oh, yes, I would love to have you in our books. So now that whenever there's an Indian role, I can just send you out. Mm. And that was like my first taste of like, Wait, yeah. is this the industry I'm stepping into? Yeah, yeah. You 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 realize that this might be something that's entrenched yeah. in the industry, and it's it's casual, like they pass it off as something that that's not really. Yeah, it's like it's normal. It's normal. Yeah, and and what for us that was my main frustration was because if there was say a Caucasian actor mm. at that time, if they had gone into the meeting and be mm. like, oh, what kind of personality do you suit? Like, are you the bad guy? Are you like yeah. the the nice nerdy guy, like I know those are stereotypes too, but at least they're not based on your race. Yeah. Like, what is an Indian yeah. role? Yeah, you you're know? just an Indian. I was like, wait, what's an yeah, Indian you, you, role? You, you, <laughs> like, you're just an Indian. You're you're either one of the group of friends in the back, yeah. or you're the comic relief, <laughs> exactly, or or you're like the ethnicity token character. Yeah, yeah. and then the there was also the thing of like, can you do an accent? Mm. And like, I mean. <laughs> That comes with two sides to it because there's a lot of ethnic people here who have Australian accents. Yes. And uh, there's also, when they ask you to do the accent, they're not saying a normal South Asian accent. Yeah. They want it to be like a poo from The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, that was one of the main things that very much frustrated me because I didn't feel like I was being seen for my talent and what skills that do I have. It yeah. was like all about what you look like yeah and that's it like it all reduces down to your yeah. heritage and not to not what you bring talent wise to the table yeah. yeah yeah so in a way i almost felt like what was the point of going to acting school like i spent two years like yeah. working my technique and stuff and and it, it wasn't just that it was also at that time roles for women were not very good mm. either mm. even in independent productions that's kind of where i sort of got more of my start into the industry after graduating this was prior to the me too movement yeah. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. Um, that changed a lot, which yeah. was great. But yeah. it was like a female role was like the girlfriend or like the supporting best damsel friend. in distress yeah. or like the best friend yeah. who's a bit pr provocative. Yeah. And like, yeah. I don't know if I want to play these parts. Like sure. that's not why I got into the industry. Sure. Um, and it was those struggles that made me want to create mm. my own work. Mm. Yeah. So in yeah, I, I suppose because if you hear your agent or any recruiter or any 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 casting agent say something like that, that in there just just puts kind of like a full stop to to your aspirations, right? Yeah. That okay, you can be you can be these set of characters, but maybe you can never be the lead. Yes, exactly. Like, like yeah, you, like like a person like Sangeeta or any or any other Sangeeta out there cannot aspire to be the lead female role in a movie or a show yeah. if you don't set a precedence for that. Yeah. If there is no avenue for a lead ethnic role, mm. how can you expect somebody who is wildly talented yeah. to actually go and fulfill that talent? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, okay, once once that realization kicked in, um, okay, for before, before all of that, um, there's a very real issue with, you know, obviously you have to support yourself. You have to earn livelihood. Yes. Now, you don't want to do those ethnic stereotype roles but at the same time, you have to survive. Yeah. And that is a very difficult decision to make because just to make your ends meet, you don't want to fill up your CV with stereotypical roles. Yeah. But that ends up happening. And after a little while, what happens if, you, if you've if you landed three roles of the same kind, 
that's it like you've shut your yourself typecast. you your type card you, yeah. you've shut yourself off to any new opportunities mm. um how does an artist an ethnic artist find that kind of balance like mm. you want to do the projects that you want to do yeah but you still have to make a living it's a very very hard decision yeah. to make and for myself i sacrificed a lot in mm. terms of saying no to things because of that reason even though i might have gotten something from yep. it and yep. like kind of relying on all these side hustle jobs in order to sustain me mm. but that's a very hard decision to make because mm. you want to act yep and it, you know you can't just say no, you can't just say no to work all the time and so i think i think it's just a very thankfully the industry is changing and it's yep. changed a lot since i started sure but i think it's it's just making sure if you are taking those roles because you kind of have to <laughs> just making sure that you're also finding roles maybe in the independent circuit mm. where there's more of them mm. that are more deep mm. at the same time like not just taking the role and then doing nothing else yep. like i think you've got to be proactive that you're taking these other roles or finding these other roles or creating them mm. that are showcasing you in a different light yep. so that the industry won't just see you in that one thing mm. if you are going to take mm. those roles mm. yeah, yeah. I I remember uh, reading this interview of Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Yeah. So he obviously was typecast he the hell out of typecasting, yeah. right? Yeah. So he said that he was a young actor trying to make it out in New York and and all the roles that he would get were just elves or yeah. you know just comedic roles or something like that. Mm. And he made a decision consciously that he stopped taking all those roles. Yeah. He he said I'll go one year without any job. Yeah. I'll, I'll starve if I have to but I will not the only next role that i will do is the one that i want to do that has some kind of emotional depth to yes, it yes definitely and as artist i mean that was peter dinklage he's he's one of maybe a million other people mm. who failed where he succeeded yeah and those are the stories that you don't hear about yeah you know mm. and the same applies to ethnic artists so yeah it's it's uh, it's a tricky situation to be in it's very very tricky it's and a very it's tricky it's hard too because if you have an agent mm. they often if you can't there's this thing with agents where like they'll submit you for things whatever mm. you're kind of fitting yep if you keep saying no mm. to the roles that they send you out for they'll stop sending you out yeah because they 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 start thinking that they're just being difficult or too picky understandably yeah. but at the same time it's it's hard it's like you want to morally say no mm. but yeah it's <laughs> it's just like decision. like at what point do you sell your soul yeah <laughs> <laughs> how how, how long can you resist <laughs> yeah yeah okay so Okay now I I understand where your art with the industry your frustration and everything now where does the idea come in to okay try to make a difference there? Yeah um so I I've always had a writing <laughs> background since I was a kid sure. so I would say I've been writing longer than I've been doing anything else mm-hmm. and in high school when I was getting into film I started writing my own screenplays and things like that yep. and so I uh, After college I also met my partner mm-hmm. Marshall who's an actor yeah. and he's of Chinese Australian background so facing the same struggles yep. and we kind of both made a decision I was working on a film at the time with a friend of mine mm-hmm. um and I'd written it I was going to direct it he was going to it was basically a film made into three parts and there was three of us going to do each part of the film directed so direct and write each part of the film okay. like an intertwining film okay yeah yeah And so I'd written the script, I'd cast my actors, and then I'm not sure what happened on their end, but it kind of fell through with them and I was like, but I really want to do it. And so Marshall was like, well, I'll film it. Like like he didn't have like he had experience making short clips as an actor. So he was already kind of creating as well. And we were like, okay, why don't we just make it as a short film? So we both worked on that film. It was called Lost Focus. Okay. And um it I saw that last yes, night. Yes, yes. Oh, that <laughs> it did quite well yeah. at festivals. Mm. And it was that project that kind of was the catalyst for creating our own company and our own work mm. because we were like, okay, here's something we created with no budget and it, it's gone on to do well at festivals and yes. people are kind of getting to know us a bit now. Yes. And we were like, well, we love to act. We have these roles, these this idea for roles that we want to do, but mm. we're not getting that from mm. the industry. Mm. So I'm a writer, Marshall was good at the film side of things. Yes. We were like, let's just collaborate. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
nice one um so about lost focus i saw that last night very yeah. well done by Thank the way you. like yeah. that that, I, that was your first directorial effort first. wasn't it yeah, yeah it was very well done and it was very nuanced mm. i i felt um so that went on to do a few festivals yeah. right and that is yeah. where you guys get got that confidence Moments that of, that yeah. and like was was um like was was lost focus done as part of no films or no films came after 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 so we did put no films the company on it after it was created yes but technically no films was after that yeah film. because at that time like yeah. it wasn't really a thing it, no, wasn't, it wasn't a formal wasn't. thing yeah right yeah okay um so while we're on that topic of festivals um like does does the australian indie film industry have a lot of festivals going on is there a lot of avenues for independent artists out there i think there's more now yeah um back then it was not so much like they have this sort of big festivals all over the country yep um but not so many like true independent festivals there's a few more now um, what do you mean by true independent so i mean like true independent i mean ones that really support independent filmmakers who are working with maybe no budgets mm. are new people don't know them yep I would say there's not as many of those. Maybe mm. there's a few now, but mm. not as many. What about South by Southwest? That's a very big one now. That, yeah, that that is yeah. but but like yeah. obviously the American one, but yes. the but the version that's the taking place in the Australian version. I is, attended it. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, How did so you find it? Was it the first one that's ha- the that happened? The first one Sydney's had. Okay. Yeah. Um it was quite different to what I imagined. Um so My idea of South by Southwest was back when I was 16 I knew yes. about it yes. and it was known as like a festival that supports independent filmmakers mm. and really helps them but That's I That's my understanding. Yeah, um but I'm not sure if they did it differently this year or if it's just changed progressively since then yep. but a lot of the films were again it was like they had funding or production companies on board and things mm. like that. And it was also the festival itself was not just film it was also music games technology. Yep. yep. So it was split into a lot of different parts yes. and had different talks and things. Sure. So I feel like the film side of it wasn't as highlighted as as, as I imagined it would be. Sure. Yeah. And and even okay so so the films was only one part of the festival and even yeah. within that you have those ones that are being financed. Yes. So independent films kind of get sidelined I guess. Yeah. In in that case. Yeah. Right. Right. So um when i think about the australian film industry or the or the media industry i i can name australian artists or actors that i know of yeah. that that have made made big names in hollywood right yeah. um what i don't see is the great australian film hmm. like if you ask me to to recall one great australian film that everybody knows of i i don't think i can i can name one mm-hmm. um i can i can name taika waititi from from new zealand yes as yeah. the director but beyond that i don't think i can name anyone why why do you think that is i it's funny because we talked about this in acting college too yeah. one of our teachers said name five of your favorite films mm. and then he said name five australian films yeah. and <laughs> nobody could name five yes um because there was the sense that people don't watch a lot of australian content here mm. they're watching us stuff or uk stuff mm. um and uh, I think it's I mean we are a much smaller industry here mm. but for me I think it's also that sense of like a lot of Australian stuff is like on network network TV yep and it's catered to a certain audience yeah. certain people are in yeah. it someone like me doesn't want to watch that sure it's like I want to watch something with people who look like me and mm. relates to me mm. and so again the industry is changing but I feel like it needs to open up here yes more yeah in order to reach bigger audiences yeah yeah what i personally find my take on it as a complete outsider looking in right um my take is that because the australian pop culture in itself is so highly influenced by the us yes australia has struggled to find its own independent voice mm. for the longest time yeah. and that's not just in 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 uh in movies that's also like in tv shows or music or you know in in pop culture itself like yeah. like if if i ask you to define australian pop culture it's just somewhat a, a mirror image of what the american yes. pop culture is right yeah. um and and my understanding for that is that the reason for that i believe is indigenous voices from australia they could be ethnic they could be indigenous they could be mixed race mm. they 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 aren't really allowed to come to the forefront as such yeah. and and unless you allow your indigenous voices to come to the forefront you cannot have an authentic australian story Yeah. being told in the most authentic australian way. Yeah. 
if everybody is just trying to use the Australian media industry as a stepping stone to break into Hollywood, yeah, th- there's no point. No, because is isn't isn't it like correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, but I believe that all Australian actors, the ultimate, the yes. ultimate <laughs> uh, goal for everyone yeah. is to make it to Hollywood. It is, yeah. You know, some of them even don't get anything here, so they just go straight there. They they just go to LA yeah. and try to find make make something out of there. Yeah. So I I think yeah, the authentic Australian voices I think need an outlet some somehow some way yeah they do somewhere yeah. so so um okay so that that is where now you come up with the idea of no films so uh, the ethos behind no films then is to it, was it just to create work that you wanted or is it specifically that you guys wanted to focus on the ethnic part of it yes yeah, so it was to create work for ourselves and other people to give them the opportunity more opportunities mm. so, but it was to give more opportunities to people like us of different ethnic backgrounds yep to have the opportunity to audition to work with us yeah. on a film yep and to reflect that on each project we make. So in each project we make, we're making sure that anyone was able to audition and that we're reflecting what Australia looks like. Like when yes. you walk down the street in Sydney, yeah. does it look like that? Like yeah. that's what we're trying to do. But as you said earlier, that we're not trying to make their ethnicity a feature. Mm. So we did a web series called Social Murderer. Yep. And the whole main cast were different backgrounds. Okay. All had Australian accents. Yep. And... It, they were just people. Yeah. They were just people. And yeah. that's what I loved about it. And that I think, again, that's the goal for Australian TV and Australian film. Mm. Yeah. I, I suppose, yeah, if, if you if you bring about true representation in terms of the demographics of the country, I doubt that it would be recognisable to what the TV or the industry is at the moment. <laughs> yeah. It, w- it would be very different. Very different. Very different. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, um, okay, so that is, I, I understand that is where Noah Films comes in. Yeah. So... Where does DM come in? Yes. So, Diversity Australia magazine. So, when we created Noah Films, it was to give, like we said, to give opportunity to other people in the film industry mm. and to ourselves to act more. Because we sure. love acting. Sure. We have dream roles mm. and we wanted to do that. Yep. Diversity Australia magazine, we wanted to create a space that was not about ourselves mm. because the industry as a whole, like, it's not just, I feel like, What's reflected on TV is the way people assume Australia is. Yes. Whoever's watching it. If yep. an American watches an Australian TV show, they go, okay, that's Australia? Mm. All right, cool. Then they'll meet someone like us. They're like, you're Australian? Are it you doesn't sure? make sense. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, we, I didn't feel like there was a platform, like a magazine type online platform that was showcasing Australians of all backgrounds and cultures mm. and telling their stories and giving them a space to talk openly. Sure. And so we wanted to create that and have it not be about ourselves. Yep. So like we don't really feature ourselves on it. Mm. We just wanted it to be a place to give back mm. as well. And that's been very fulfilling for me yep. because, you know, you can be doing something I realise through my film work is I could win awards for things and it's very exciting, but that's not very, it's not lasting, mm. you know. I wanted to do something that was going to be lasting and make me feel like I'm doing something that's important mm. and it's giving back to other people. It's yep. not about me. Mm. And, and yeah, and just show, showcasing that Australians look all different yes. and they're from different places and yes. they're still Australian and they still call Australia home. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that that's the feel that I got. I, I'll definitely be posting a, a link of DM and all their work that they've been doing over here. But what I found with Diversity Australia magazine, that one, the fact that I really liked, you did not make it just about actors or yes. acting or film. Yeah. It's it's about society as a whole. Mm. So that that is really important. And showcasing all of these different stories from Australia, that this is also Australia. This is also yes. another aspect of Australia. Yeah. I think that is very important. Yeah. Um, so how long have you been running DM for? So just under two years now. Yes. Yeah, and the past year we've been a lot more um, productive with it. So we've been interviewing a lot more people mm. and it's been really good. And mm. and what I really love about it too, being from different industries, the people we interview, yep. I get to learn about different industries too. Yes. And what's interesting is some of the stories that we have, although we're from different industries, are relatable to all of yes. us. The struggles yeah. are the same. The struggles are the same, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So... Um, What's the what's kind of like the future vision that you have for DM in in that sense? Well, ultimately, like you know, I'm hustling with my film work as well. But mm. when I get to a point where I'm doing quite well, which I believe I will, um, I would love 
for the magazine to be something like, you know, Hollywood Reporter yes. and Variety? Yes. That's like a goal okay. for me. I would love okay. for it to get to that point where I've got a whole team working with me yeah. and it can just be this amazing magazine out of Australia. Yes. That's just a great platform yeah. for people. For for society, basically yeah. a reflection of society. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that that's the that's the ultimate vision that you're working towards. Yeah. So right now is uh, DM basically just on digital, or do you have have print media as well? So it's all on digital at yeah. the moment. So yeah. it's all online on our website, and mm. we do Instagram mm. kind of posts and things too. Yep. Um. But yeah, like I said, in the future, mm. I would love to even have a printout, like yes. a printed out with all the stories in there, yes. and kind of have that. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, what about um, no films? The what's 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 the what's the, what's the what's the vision there? <laughs> Very big too. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to be the production house behind an Academy Award winning yeah. best feature film? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. Like the other thing about No Films, which is why it's so important to me too, is beyond like just being reflective of what Australia looks like and the world looks like, and having that unity. Mm. We really want to be telling stories that are entertaining but bring hope and light to the world as well because sure. I feel like you know we've gone into the stage of films where it's very reflective of true life and all the struggles and things and mm. that's important to show yep but I feel like now there's like no hope <laughs> in a lot of the things that are on tv now mm. and I remember as a kid some of the shows you know and movies I used to watch yeah, yeah. they were a bit cringy yeah but they had great triumphant messages in them yes and they made you feel excited yes and we'd love to bring that back yeah through our content too. yeah with a lot of the recent ones it's more about doom and gloom and stuff yes yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. or it's either gory violence yeah in most of the shows yeah yeah i've recently been watching invincible on on prime okay. yeah uh, again like if, if you watched the boys or if you watch if, if yeah. you watch gen v like it's 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 graphic to the point that you re, you think why <laughs> why <laughs> unnecessary yeah, violence exactly. just pumped into yeah. it but yeah good on good on you guys uh so uh any new exciting projects that people should watch out for from noah yeah well our film red lantern mm -hmm. is going through festivals now sure um that was our first government funded film okay so um that was earlier in the year there was an initiative mm -hmm. and we were one of five teams selected yep. to make the film and so that's an exciting step for us mm -hmm. um but yeah so red lantern um, as you know, Almitra was mm. in it. <laughs> um, so it's really like a homage to artists mm. and particularly artists who come from different ethnic backgrounds and, yes. and have the pressure of immigrant parents who don't get it. Yep. And so it follows an actor who's called Alex and he's on his finale night of a play that he's self-financed and he's just had it. He's reached a point in his life because no one's showing up to the show as well. He's put everything into this. His dad won't watch it. Oh, okay. His immigrant dad just doesn't approve. And he's like, what am I doing this for? I think I, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. And basically what we're kind of trying to do through the film is pay homage to those artists, like the struggle they go through, mm. but also inspire them to keep going, Yes. to keep going for that dream, even though it's hard. And also to to bring back some of that excitement they had in their youth. Cause as kids, like we have dreams yep. and like, they're so huge and we don't mm. think about all these like obstacles. Yep. We just want to achieve it. Yep. And I feel like as we get older, naturally with life throwing things at us, we forget that. Mm. And we forget that fire that we used to have as a kid. And uh, yeah, the film kind of serves as a reminder to remember that fire. Mm and hold on to it and keep going. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so once it's done with all the festivals, if anybody wants to catch uh, Red Lantern, can they can they watch it on the YouTube channel? Yes, yeah, so we'll put it on our YouTube channel after okay. that, No yeah. Films. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. put I'll put a link for uh, No Films in the description for this video as well as I'll put a screenshot somewhere over here. I've checked out a lot of the productions that No Films has done so far. It's really great work, considering the fact that they're hardly a team of two or three working on these productions, but they're very <laughs> yeah. well done. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to check out the, the work they're doing or if anybody wants to support up and coming Australian artists who are trying to tell authentic Australian stories, do, do check out the channel. <laughs> so, um, so where do you find yourself personally at the moment? Um, what, is, what is next for Sangeeta in the, in the coming years? 
um like career wise <laughs> career wise personally where, where do you fi- do you find yourself in a good spot at the moment I compared to the past 6 years since you started off in the industry yeah i think i am reaching a good point hmm. it's been a journey there's yep. been ups and downs um and particularly the last couple of years had been quite hard especially for my family as well sure. um and so i think i'm starting to reach a point where i've kind of know what i want to do purposefully like mm. not even just career wise but as a person like what do i want to do on this planet yep and i feel like i'm in a good space there mm. and particularly this year even career wise things have really started to kick off a little bit mm. and it looks very promising mm. um so i'm pretty content with okay. where i am now okay okay right so um yep one other thing i wanted to ask you was that i i i'd been watching this um, explainer on the sag strikes that are going on yeah. in in america right um and that has obviously shaken up the industry it, it's it's resulted in a huge amount of losses for a lot of production houses as well in in resulted in a lot of um uh, lo- loss of income for a lot of people associated with the industry and and yeah. for the people who it's not the illest actors or th- that are being affected really by the strike it's actually the people who are you know just just people who rely on the next job yeah for their paycheck mm-hmm. right um so consider uh, being an actor being a creative within the industry i'm sure you you might know what what the nitty gritties of of the of the issue are over there what they're fighting for do you think that sends a, sets a precedence for the australian industry yeah absolutely and like you said they do fall a lot of what america's doing yes and so um i think i was reading an article the other day just about how now that the strikes are over mm. and they've changed things yep. maybe australia is going to start looking at that sort of thing too mm. and change it here yeah. as well yeah so is is it like if somebody is like starting off in the industry it, other than doing those side hustle jobs to keep yourself afloat do you yeah. think that like uh, somebody who's just getting roles as an extra or or you know just just minor background roles do you do you think it's enough for somebody to sustain themselves in the industry while looking for better work or because the thing with artists is right when you're an actor you it's it's a highly demanding job physically yeah. emotionally yeah. mentally right mm. it it drains you yes if you have to worry about having a side job you know yeah. side hustle <laughs> it it saps a lot of that energy the energy that you could have otherwise put into writing something new yeah. or creating something new yeah. right yeah. so um what are your thoughts on that i mean it's hard but it's kind of something you just have to do mm. and and a lot of people in the industry even getting into the industry you kind mm. of know that it's something you're going to have to do because with acting and filmmaking it is the jobs are on that basis that it's not regular work you mm. know you get one job you get paid casually for it and yeah. then you've got to find the next one yes and and it is that thing of like i could work i'm in a place where i could work more full time and something else to have more income for my film stuff but as a creative i can't do it <laughs> i just can't do it so like you said it's very draining i i only work part time in something else mm. but i couldn't do more than that sure but again you kind of it's something you just have to do to sustain yourself until you're at that point where you no longer have to do that mm. yeah so also part of the industry is when people think about like the media industry or the film industry people just tend to think of actors and directors yeah. right but yeah. it's not just that like the industry is massive like massive, like yeah. you've got so many roles that need to be fulfilled in order to create a production like you've got dps and you know you've got you've got sound engineers you've got mechanical engineers rigging up the stuff and everything yes. right so yeah. um so my question is then if if somebody is trying to explore a step into that industry somebody coming from an ethnic background or somebody coming from an immigrant background mm. who who lacks those connections yeah. who lacks that uh, connect into the industry how can somebody just take a step into the industry and just just try to find work for themselves yeah um so it's a lot of networking mm. um so uh, for example there's a lot of groups on facebook mm. um that are to do with the film industry yeah and so often they'll post a listing for an assistant or a runner or something like that mm. and that's often the foot into the industry mm. for crew especially mm. is just getting onto the sets yep. and getting to know people 
and doing a good job and then they'll work with you again. Sure. And, and even working on independent projects, there's a lot of independent film projects that are always looking for crew mm. um, on different websites and things and getting onto those sets and just those sets can be easier because they're not as professional. Yep. Um, but it's really just getting onto set and then meeting people and then working your way up. And working your way up. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so for anybody who's trying to make it into the Australian film industry or anything, I think uh, uh, I'll, I'll try to post a link of some, I, I believe Sangeeta and Marshall did a video on some auditioning tips yeah. as well or, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, entering into the industry. I'll post a link for that as well. If anybody is interested, you, you guys can check that out. Again, Sangeeta, thank you so much for taking the time and coming out. I, I wish you and Marshall all the best with, with no films, everything that you're doing. And personally, fr- from from my own self, uh, the work that you guys are doing, especially with Diversity Australia magazine, I, I wish you all the power in the world thank with you. the work that you're doing because that's yeah. something that's... Uh, uh, close to my heart personally as well mm-hmm. it's kind of like what I'm trying to highlight yes, as well yeah. yeah and yeah I wish to see Diversity Australia up there with variety <laughs> <That's> <laughs> at, at, yeah at some <laughs> point thank you yes, yeah. 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 Uh, but again thank you so much for coming on board um, hopefully we can have you guys here again once you're once you're successfully toured yeah, uh, so yeah, some, some new some feature <laughs> film in, in all of yeah. those festivals yeah right. yeah definitely so much. Uh, and for all of you guys watching um if you guys found the conversation interesting, do give it a like, a share. Please take a second out of your time to hit that subscribe button. Also, you can see over here, all of our social media platforms, we share all of our short form content there. So the highlights from this conversation are also going to be coming up over there. So give us a follow. Uh, until next time, this has been In The Gap. I've been Hassan, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you.